Okay, and welcome back to Dynasty Kings. We are now on episode 14. If you not, if you are not already, make sure that you are following us on all of our social medias at Dynasty Pods. That's for Twitter and for Instagram. And without further ado, we're just going to jump right into it. And now we are focusing on the AFC East. And you know what? When we we always do these by talking about worst team to best team. And I really do think it was a toss-up between talking about the Jets first or the Patriots first. But, uh, you know what, from some talking, we decided we were going to start with the Jets. And so, as always, we're going to start off by first talking about players we love. So, Kyle, why don't you get us started? Yeah, this is a tough episode. I know a lot of Jets fans out there aren't going to be happy that we're putting them at the bottom. But I just think Miami has changed so much with their culture and their coaching staff that it's hard to really doubt them at this point. I don't know. I just I want to believe in that team. And then obviously the Patriots lost Brady, but Belichick's still Belichick. So I don't know how bad they can really be. I'm not sure he can tank. Like people are like, they're going to tank for Lawrence, but can Belichick tank? Like, does he have the capacity for his ego to tank? He lost when he was the head coach of the Browns back in the 90s. Yeah, but that's only... so long ago, though. Like, <laughs> Hey, you never know. You never know. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe we're going to see the decline of uh, Belichick. You never know. Eh, we'll see. I mean, this was definitely a tough division for us. We were definitely not eye-to-eye, but I think we both consider the Jets the lowest. But to start things off, um, players we love. I'm going to start with Sam Darnold. I know I mentioned him on the quarterback episode, but I just, I really want to highlight this kid again, just because I think he gets a lot of flack and I don't really see uh, it being warranted. Um, I think right now the biggest thing holding back Darnold is the coaching staff themselves. And I think I've said that before as well. And I'll continue to say it because in my opinion, he's being held back by his team right now. Um, I think the whole mantra of Darnold would be a lot different right now if he went to a better home, like guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen ended up going to. Um, he's got an improved offensive line this year, which should help a lot because he has been sacked a shitload of times his first two seasons, almost way too much. Um, and he's got some new weapons. Um, Josh Dodd, Rashad Perriman, and obviously Denzel Mims is going to be the biggest addition. Um, I just, I like his price tag right now, really, and that's why I'm talking about why I like the guy. Um, I think you can get him for dirt cheap. You can get him after guys like Drew Locke and stuff like that, when, in my opinion, Drew Locke hasn't really proved that much, as much as I like the guy. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, and I just think that if get if if the coaching staff is fixed by this time next year, Donald could be like, a really good quarterback in the making. Yeah, I I liked Darnold's coming out of college. I thought that he was a surefire, uh, you know, first round talent. And I do think that we've just been waiting for it to come out. And even with all the hate that Gase gets, what he's first and foremost known as is a QB guru. So I mean, hopefully he can impart some wisdom that he has gotten from coaching the likes of Manning and Tannehill onto Darnold and turn this guy into a real quarterback threat. Because I believe it's there. He's only 22. It's definitely there. We, we just need to be patient and it will come. As long as he doesn't make out with any little girls, and get <laughs> this should be his season. Yeah, and it, you know, and it's important to note, his numbers across the board improved this offseason. 
like everywhere. Um, this entire, like for his jump from 18 to 19, like more touchdowns, less interceptions, uh, better yards per attempt, like, you know, better quarterback rating, like oh, in every category. And they finished pretty strong down the stretch too. I think like six out of the last eight games they won. So it was cool to see with a healthy Darnold what they could do. But I still think this team isn't there. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you know, let's segue. I'm going to talk about an offensive weapon I want to highlight, uh, and that's Chris Herndon. Before injuries and suspensions last year took him out, I was all aboard the Herndon Express, and I definitely still am. Like, don't kid yourself. Ryan Griffin is not the future of this team at tight end. And after Herndon's great rookie year, he will bounce back. There's no true wide receiver one, and this team is desperate for someone to turn it on, and that's what Herndon is there for. I think Herndon starts the season as a you know tight end three, but could easily jump to a low tight end two window with more playing time and people realizing that Ryan Griffin is not the real thing. Yeah, I, I like Herndon. He burned me in a lot of leagues, so I'm not taking him really anywhere else, but I do still have a lot of shares. I mean, the guy got suspended and then got injured the entire season. Um, I'm sure that didn't help um, anything at all, obviously, as far as development goes. But from everything that I've seen with the Jets, they still believe in the guy. They didn't bring in a tight end. Uh, He's still listed as their number one tight end on their depth chart. Like, I think that they're going to try to get this guy going because just like Donald, he's extremely young. Pretty sure Herndon's 23 years old. So they're, uh, you know, pretty much the same age. Um, I think if you can get this guy going, he has a high ceiling. Um, But it's just a matter if they can do it because the Jets are the Jets. And that's all I'll say on that. Yeah, fair point. There's nothing really else to say other than mediocrity. Yeah, and I I know mediocrity uh, mediocrity well because uh, my bills were the epitome of it for a long time. So, <laughs> uh, but moving on, um, we're gonna switch sides of the balls at least for my next guy. I know Luke has another offensive guy left, but uh, and I'm, I want to talk about a guy who I I watched the first game of the season that the Jets had because they played my bills, and my fucking god, C.J. Mosley was a nightmare that first week i i swear to god every single play he was involved it was horrifying and the second he got hurt we came back and won that game i don't even think we win that game if mostly stayed in the entire game because he was everywhere i'm pretty sure he had a pick he was all across the field he had a fumble recovery like i i couldn't even believe how good he was in that one game and then unfortunately he got injured and missed the entire season and you know overall the the jets linebacker corps got destroyed with injuries Avery Williamson obviously torn ACL I think it was uh and missed the entire season as well but I mean Mosley still I think he's 28 now um he's that's prime age for middle linebackers I wouldn't be worried about him and his price tag in IDP leagues right now is not what it should be like this guy is going way later than he should for somebody who has four of his five seasons before this one over the hundred tackle marker like oh Excuse me, yawning there as I started speaking. Uh, It's just because it's the Jets that we're talking about. But yeah, I really do like CJ. I liked him a lot with the Ravens. I do believe that he isn't the strongest player when it comes to pass coverage, but he's not like Blake Martinez bad. Um, He definitely makes up for it with his run game stopping and his ability to read the run, which is incredible. 
Uh, I I like him a lot. You know, I think the problem is with him is that he's entering his age 28 season. He's getting up there. He He's hitting his stride. This is where linebackers peak. So hopefully this guy peaks at the right time for the Jets and can really anchor that middle of the field for them. Yeah, I, I think he will, especially because they might be losing somebody who anchors that defense right now because they're fucking so stupid. I can't believe if they – if <laughs> uh, before we move on here, if they seriously trade away Jamal Adams, they are the stupidest organization that has ever existed. Like I just – I cannot even mm, – <laughs> I don't think they have. I don't think they have a choice now. I don't think he's really given them a choice. Dude, he didn't want I to get it's... traded, and they put him on the block last off season, right before the deadline. Like they did him dirty. Oh, easily, easily. But you know what? It's too late. They they laid their own uh, bed, and now they got to freaking uh, sleep in it. Yep. And uh, it sucks, but this is what happens. You know, before Kyle uh, gets a boner from getting so angry about this, <laughs> let's uh, let's change the conversation. So I'm going back to offense, and I want to highlight a guy who doesn't get enough hype. That's Jamison Crowder. Um, I know we've already talked about him in the past on the show, but I am a fan of him. This team does not have a true wide receiver one. Even with bringing in Denzel Mims, Crowder still is the guy on that team and will run the slot very well. You know, it's hard to for it's easy to forget, but he's actually had a very solid season since entering the league or a solid career since entering the league in 2015. Ever since he was drafted by Washington, he's only ever put up 600 yards or more if he's been able to play a full season. In 2018, he was injured, uh, only put up 388 yards in nine games. But last year, he really showcased what he could do for a team when it was on his back, going 78 receptions for 833 yards and six TDs. While I like Mims, I like Herndon, I don't know that this team has the true wide receiver one, and I think it's very plausible to see Jameson Crowder pull a John Brown 2019-esque season out of his ass because of the, because of the lack of support around him. Yeah, I, I don't hate that take at all. Crowder's the type of guy, I don't really have any shares of him, and I don't really know why. I, I can't really give you a good reason, because I look at his numbers, and I'm like, this is the type of guy you can get so cheap, I feel like I should be targeting him. And so I definitely get what you're saying when you're like, he doesn't get enough love, because he really doesn't. He's probably one of the premier slot-wide receivers in the entire league, and he gets almost zero recognition for his talents. I mean, I get he played for the Jets in, in Washington, so he's not exactly living in uh, the spotlight, to say the least, of like great clubs. Um, but either way, this is a guy, he's a hard worker. He's got a great attitude. He's resilient as hell. He's been through a lot of shit, like a lot of bad injuries. And I think if he's healthy, he'll probably put up again in that mantra of 800 to 1,000 yards. Maybe, maybe. I guess we'll just have to yeah, see. Yeah, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But you know what? I do say this. I think a lot of his game is very similar to John Brown's. And if the Jets can use him the same way that the Bills capitalized on using Brown last season, I think we could see a big change around for uh, Crowder's career. Yeah, I would, I'd be excited to see that for him. All right. So it feels weird talking so nicely about the Jets. So when we come back, we are going to crap on them as God intended. <laughs> so make sure you stick around. All right, and we're back. We are now going to 
crap on this team, and I'm just going to get us started. Uh, I'm going to talk about a guy whose signing made absolutely zero fucking sense. Pardon my French, but it made zero sense. That's the signing of Frank Gore. Why is he still in the league? <laughs> like, he ha- he has kids. He has a family. Well, like, is I-, I have to think this guy is just, like, broke. That he needs this money at this point. He is not doing himself any favors. You know what? In Indianapolis, I understood it. Indianapolis thought they were about to make a title uh, a title run. They needed a solid running back, and they brought him in. It didn't work out. And then even in Miami, he surprised people, put up 722 yards. Everybody was like, oh, crap. You know, maybe this guy still got it. And then even last year in Buffalo, he puts up almost 600 yards and has a 100-plus yard game. And people are like, well, you know, maybe this guy is a good compliment to Singletary. In all fair, honestly, he there's no reason to have him on this team this year. You, you drafted Perrine. You're paying Le'Veon Bell big bucks. What is the point of bringing in a 37, almost 38-year-old running back to provide what for this team exactly? He's not good on special teams. He all, he's a very one-dimensional running back at his age now where he, isn't, he can't do anything in the pass game. So now you're left with this guy who is only going to steal – is only going to steal the ball and carries from Perrine and from Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to provide anything for you fantasy-wise. And if anything, he is going to hinder your Le'Veon Bell shares. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what? I don't blame Frank Gore, man. If I could get another few million dollars to go play another season of football, fuck, I'd probably keep playing too if I was the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think he's got like an 18-year-old kid at this point who just committed to college and he's got a 19-year-old. He's got like an eight. He's got a 17. He's been in 17 seasons in the league and his kid's 18 years old. Like, think of the insanity of that statement. Like, and I, I respect the crap out of Frank Gore. Um, I just don't understand why he goes and signed with the Jets because I'm pretty sure a team uh, like a competitor would have gave him something, right? I mean, like the Pats or somebody who – I mean, I know the Pats might not be relevant this year, but my point is, like, like if I'm going to play one more season at 30-whatever, 7-38, like, I want to sign with, like, the Chiefs, bro. Like, even if I get, like, 10 carries, I might win another Super Bowl. Like you know what I mean? Like, like. Well, yeah, that's a good point. The guy's actually never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you not go for one? Like, I don't get it. Like, he, he is. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Don't mm, get me wrong. No doubt. But he will solidify himself as one of the best running backs to ever touch the field, if he just won a Super Bowl. And at this stage in his career, at his age, looking like Grandpa Gore, I'm not really sure the Jets made any goddamn sense for him yeah well and the and- the bigger thing is too sorry to cut you off there but like Le'Veon bell is not like a young chicken like i would understand like it made sense for the bills like gore taught a lot to singletary and singletary has said that like over and over again in interviews he's like having gore there was a huge help for me like it was a huge help for his career Like, it really boosted him up. He learned how to become a man. He said a lot of, like, the life lessons he's learned from Gore. Just because Gore is such a veteran person, you know what I mean? But, like, Mm -hmm. how old is Bell? 28? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, dude, the guy's already an established runner in the league. And one I'm about to shit on next. Um, And (laughs) I just, you know what I mean? Like, I would understand if they had a young cowback, like, in the making. Like, you know where it would have made sense for him to go? Like, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Like that would have yeah. made sense to me. Like teach Sanders something. You know what I mean? Like bring in that veteran presence for a future workhorse in the league. Like, yeah, you, you know what? Gore isn't even worth owning in fantasy leagues. No, no, he no. Is a, he is a fantasy leech at this point in his career. Yeah, same with Adrian Peterson. They're both in the same boat at this point. Easily, easily. And both are first ballot Hall of Famers. Yes, so I, I, I agree with that. you on that. But moving on, we're going to stick with the running back position. And um, it's actually an easy transition, I guess. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, man, I know I kind of already crapped on him a little bit. But you know what? If I could get one more chance to shit on this guy, I'd love to. Because uh, this guy is destroying two of my RSO teams right now. That's Reality Sports Online with just massive contracts that I can't seem to dump anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, like. As I said, I think I tweeted it out, uh, me and Luke did, uh, you know, the, obviously the signing of Frank Gore and then the drafting of Perrine continues to confirm my suspicions that, you know, this team is not going to commit to this guy as a workhorse. Um, I don't know why they paid him like one if they didn't want to run him like one. I just think that's that's so brain dead. Um, he's quickly reaching the 30-year-old cliff, and in my opinion, he's not going to be a Frank Gore-esque guy where he can play belonging to his 30s because obviously we all know Le'Veon Bell has had a long history with injuries. Um, I think the biggest regret he's ever going to have in his career was taking 2018 off. I would say at this point, Bell's looking back and thinking, what the fuck did I do? And last season, dude, 3.2 yards per carry. Yeah, it was not a good season to be Le'Veon Bell. I mean, like I get it. The line wasn't good, but I don't really think I can ever excuse 3.2 yards per carry. <laughs> well, when you're being paid that much, hell no. Yeah, exactly. You, it, the biggest problem was – he sat out for a full season demanding money. Yep. And this is what he put up afterwards. Like, I don't know, man. Well, this is why this is why we kept talking about Melvin Gordon too. I can see Melvin Gordon have a very Le'Veon Bell season, like this year. Like I know he didn't actually sit out for the full year, but these guys get cocky and then they get complacent and they lose their there's this whole routine. I mean, you look at the changes these guys go through when they retire. Like, um, Oh, my God. What's his name? The Browns fucking offensive lineman. Oh, my God. What's his name? Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Oh, my God. I feel so bad that I couldn't think of his name. Like, Joe Thomas <laughs> lost, like, how many pounds? Like, 100 since he re- retired from the end? Yeah. He's, <laughs> but not just that. He's ripped <laughs> now. Holy crap. Well, he is a smoke Well, show. And we've talked about it. There's a difference between being in good shape and being in football shape. Like, you, when you take a year off, you lose football shape. Like Oh, yeah. Easily. So, I mean, I just – I don't see it for Bell. If he got him, you still got some name value. Get get rid of the guy, dude. Stop holding on hope. Yeah, get rid of him now while he's got some name value. You could easily, you know, trade him for like a – like it, in this point, I see Le'Veon Bell as a risk, not as a, a, a starter. If I'm – this is my ideal trade for Le'Veon Bell. I'm turning around and trading him for Darius Geis in a second-round pick in a rookie draft. Oh, I would do that any day of the week. Geis, I fucking – I love Geis. I, I, well, let's not get too distracted, but I do love Geis. <laughs> All right, well, then we'll, we'll, change it up. we'll change it up. I'll talk about my last guy I hate. And this one you might find a little odd, but after coming off that ACL injury, I don't think Avery Williamson is the same linebacker that he had been for his whole career. Don't get me wrong, in that 2018 season that he played with the Jets, the guy was unstoppable, throwing up 120 tackles, three sacks, and an interception. It really looked like the addition of Mosley would make him and Williamson the best linebacker duo 
out there. However, the guy just turned 28. He's not getting any younger. He's really banged up his knees. I don't know how much longer this guy has going at it. I don't think it's a talent thing. I think it's a how much longer can his knees stay intact thing. I I pray to God Avery, Avery Williamson can keep it together because I really do love him and CJ Mosley. When they're both healthy, they can both be super dominant. But I'm not buying Williamson right now unless I have no other option to. Yeah, I think the other problem is in the absence of Williamson and Mosley going down, a lot of young linebackers on that team stepped up. Uh, Neville Hewitt comes to mind. I know he had a fantastic breakout season at 26 somehow, um, which was pretty cool to see. I mean, I think a lot of people wrote that guy off. I know I have a few shares of him, and I was shocked to see how good of a season he ended up having. And I just think at this point he doesn't fit that defense anymore. Um, they Mosley's on the big contract, so he's going to obviously – play like you know what I mean and they they kind of fill similar roles so I don't know if Williams is gonna even have a chance to really come back and prove himself and as you said his knees are pretty shot it sucks because I like the guy don't get me wrong but I would I would agree I would avoid him if I can exactly and you know it's it's a terrible thing because the combination of uh, a in his prime Williamson and an in his prime Mosley could have been the most terrifying thing on the football. Yeah, it definitely would have been up there as one of the better linebacker duos in the league in theory. Um, moving on back to the offensive side of the ball. Now, this is a guy, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. It's just like, this guy just feels like a mixed bag of everything. Um, and that's uh, Brashad Paraben. I don't, I like, I'm going to tell you that I don't like buying the guy, but I'm not really sure what to tell you about the guy. Honestly, like half of me wants to root for Perriman just because like, obviously it was cool to see him pop off down the stretch last year with the Bucks. But the other half of me realizes that there's a big chance that that was a fluke. Um, the only reason why he really uh, popped off is because the, the psychopath that we know of Jameis Winston, who just like bombs the ball, like <laughs> to everybody, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, and Darnold doesn't play like that. Like, to, to, like you have to realize that like Darnold is a much more conservative quarterback and, um, doesn't nearly have the arm strength or capacity to do half the things that Winston can do. I'll say it again, just talking about Winston real quick. If Winston had a better mindset and better, like, like better ability to read the field, I think he could be a top five quarterback in the league. Like, no joke, dude, because his arm is disgusting. Like, it really is. Like, um, but to follow up with Perriman, I just think Mims coming in, you got Crowder there. Herndon, all these other weapons fighting. I mean, unless Perriman establishes himself, because he's only on a one-year deal, remember, I think he's going to cook quickly on a new home. Oh, you know what? The best the best uh, correlation to who Brashad Perriman is, is, uh, is, oh my God, and, okay, apologies, I have a sore throat from allergies. This is uh, messing up my flow. He is a the wide receiver version of uh, Fitz Magic. Okay. <laughs> he puts on a he's a, he puts on a great season. He gets paid for putting on the great season, and then disappears and becomes exactly what everybody knew him to be. They brought in Perriman because they didn't want to pay Anderson, which was understandable because Anderson was just as hot and cold as Perriman is, but he had had some better seasons than Perriman. However. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Perriman. 
I don't know if he factors into this team's long-term plans. They'll probably bring in a wide receiver in the next draft. And if they do that and they decide to bring back Perriman, they already have Crowder in the slot. Mims will probably have one of the other outside roles. And depending on who they bring in, you could see Perriman be absolutely worthless within a year's time. Unless he pops off and puts up 800 plus here. Yeah, it's a very, he has to pop off and prove that he's worth it because I think, as you said, next year's wide receiver class is insane. Um, like insanely loaded and the Jets are going to probably bring in more talent on the on the, on the offensive side of the ball to hopefully keep adding to Darnold's arsenal. So the fact that they could take a wide receiver in the first round wouldn't surprise me next year. Yeah, man. And RIP to Justin Ross. Well, we're all yeah, RIP to one of the best ones uh, who should have been, um, Oh man, Justin Ross. I just, I can't even, I I hope he plays again, but it's just, it's a shame of a story, man. I'm sure he will overcome this. I believe in him, but it sucks. It's a crappy feeling, but you know, these things happen in life and I'm sure he will, if he doesn't rebound with football, I'm sure being at Clemson, getting a great education will help. That's true. There you go. All right. Well, so we just crapped on the team and ended it on a super sad <laughs> note. So when we come back, we're going to give you this team's outlook. Their season does not look great. So make sure you stick around. Okay. And we're back. We'll just jump right into it. We're going to talk about the team breakdown. So Kyle, why don't you get us going with that? Yeah. You guys know the drill by now. Um, I know I've said it already earlier on the show. I really don't think this team succeeds until they switch their coaching staff. Um, I love a lot of their young pieces, including Sam Darnold. Um, but if they lose Adams this year, I think this defense could take a horrible hit. Um, the AFC is, in general is going to be a nightmare to predict. I think Buffalo is the only team that we are both very much in agreement on is going to win the division, in our opinions. Um, I'm sure they won't now that I'm saying that because, you know, why be hopeful ever once in my life? Um, but, <laughs> uh, but talking about the Jets, it's not an easy schedule, guys. Like, Jets fans don't have it easy, and they never seem to. Uh, the NFL seems to love to fuck these guys uh, because, you know, Buffalo week one, that's always seems to be the case. San Francisco week two. I mean, they just went to the Super Bowl. Indy week three. Who knows how good they'll be, but they'll probably be good. Uh, and then Denver, Arizona, and the Chargers. So there's a few teams there that might be questionable. I think they're going to beat Arizona uh, and potentially the Chargers, depending on how well their defense is. But that's it in that beginning stretch. Then you have Buffalo, KC, and New England. And whether or not New England's good this year, they're going to play each other good because it's divisional. And then it's Miami, a bye week, and Miami again. Like, what? Like, who makes the schedule? Like, why would why would they do that? Like, it's Miami, a bye week, and then Miami again. I'm like, what? like I just, my brain is dead from that. Like, and they'll probably split those games. Um, and then they got Vegas, Seattle, Los Angeles, Cleveland, and New England. So it's not an ideal schedule. I think they get five wins, five and 11 to my prediction. Chargers, Cardinals, Dolphins, Patriots, and Raiders. Yeah, I am not as uh, I'm not as confident in this team as you seem to be. Uh, I mean, that's I not a confident endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Five wins is not good. <laughs> um, I I still think it's a toss up between the Jets and the Pats, being god awful horse crap. But with the tough schedule, the Jets are going to get crapped on by almost every single team. 
I think they go three and thirteen. <laughs> I think they put up wins against the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Pats once. Other than that, they're going to get crapped on by this division. It's not going to be pretty. Like, avert your eyes if you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not very much looking forward to their schedule. If I was a Jets fan, I just I don't see how it's good this season. Um, I really don't. And there's some hard stretches for them. And I mean, they're playing both the guys who were in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> like, like that's yeah. like why? Like why? <laughs> like, they're not good, bro. Like leave them alone. <laughs> Oh man, don't get me started on that. Let's just let's just get into the hot takes uh, before before something bad happens. So, okay, so I think that Le'Veon Bell is gone at the end of the season and officially wastes two years of his career on a mediocre team. I think Crowder cracks over a thousand yards for the first and only time in his career in a very John Brown twenty nineteen esque season. I think Gase gets to stay in NYC past this season and lives to fight another day. I think the Jets end the season with the top three draft pick, obviously, if you go 3-13. and And I think Quentin Williams explodes for eight sacks and has a fantastic second year. I don't hate any of your takes, really, for the most part. I hope Quentin does pop up. Uh, because I do really like the guy. I just think he's a very lovable human being. Um, he's adorable when you actually watch his interviews. I feel like he's not an adult. Like you know what I mean? Like watch. Yeah, when he's <laughs> when he speaks, and they're like, "So, what's your experience in the NFL so far?" And he goes, "It's like playing Madden, but in real life." Yeah, he's got braces still. Like, and then they tell me yeah. the story that he had a gun in an airport. I'm like, "Dude, who gave Quentin Williams a gun? The kid's 12. <laughs> like, what are they doing?" <laughs> <laughs> some bad parents. Yeah, some, who who gave their kid a gun? Like, come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, I agree with you. I think one of the big things that we've talked about over and over again, Bell, it doesn't fit this team. I think he's off next year. And that actually brings me into my first hot take. I think Perrine, who they drafted in the draft, um, I think he's going to carve out a serious role on this offense. I think he's going to go over 500 yards on the ground and 250 through the air. So not insanity numbers, but I think he's going to prove that, like, hey, if you give me the rock more, I can do this. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I think Sam Darnold's going to have a very good season. I think he's going to throw for about 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, which is an unrealistic step forward for him from where he's at right now. Um, he threw 19 last year, but you have to remember he missed a lot of games. Um, so I don't really see that as that far of a stretch. I think Mims will become a solid wide receiver for the team, but the Jets will quickly realize he's not a number one and they need one and take one in next year's draft. I think Mosley will bounce back big time and a really great comeback story almost um, and rack up 100 tackles this season at minimum. Uh, I think Jamal Adams is off the team by December. Uh, I mean, by September, September, not December. We'll mark it down on your calendars, boys and girls. Uh, and and uh, the Jets regret it forever. And I guess we can debate on this real quick. I think Adam Gase is fucking gone by December. See, the only reason I don't think he's gone is because Gase is notorious for somehow sticking around longer than anybody projects that he ever will. He he's just like he's that he's guy in your you know what he's he is a- he's that guy in your friend group that you forget that gets invited to everything. <laughs> That's who he is. Like, oh crap, Gase is at this team meeting. <laughs> 
that was better than what I was thinking. But yeah, no, I, you know what? I just like if you, if okay, so Luke, you're telling me, well, let's debate this because we got a few minutes here um, right before we bring on Stan and Kurt. You're going to tell me that if they go three and 13, like you think, they're really not going to fire the guy? I really don't because I what? think this team because like, pri- I think this team prioritizes developing Darnold and whether you want to admit it or not Darnold did have a solid season last year after coming back from Mono and I think some of that has to go to Gase and how Gase utilized him yeah and I think if he makes Darnold look as good as you think he's going to look this season I don't think he leaves because why would you shake it once if your quarterback who only put up 19 touchdowns last year, all of a sudden pops off for 30. Are you firing the head coach that got him there? Yeah, that's literally what the Cowboys did. <laughs> the Cowboys don't know crap. That's exactly what the Cowboys did. But, but right? that's my point. That's my point. Jason Garrett was there for how many years? Yeah. From like the mid 2000s to uh, last season. Well, I I, I do find it funny because it's just uh, before we wrap up this section here, just because we were pretty quick on our 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 slaughtering of the Jets as far as it goes. Um, I find it funny that like so like the NFL, I find that like coaches get a very long lifespan, and then you look at it like like a sport like hockey. Like I swear to God, there's like this last season, I think there was fourteen coaches that were fired in hockey. Like there, it's, yeah, something ridiculous. It's, the turnover is so insane. If you don't get immediate results in hockey, it's like that. And I think maybe the the both sports can learn from each other because I think in hockey, in some cases, guys get fired too prematurely. Like the coach for the Vegas Golden Knights, I have no idea why he got fired. I can't think of his name right now because they were a playoff team. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. But when a guy goes three and thirteen, or like you know, in some cases, they just stick with these guys too long. Like in my opinion, McCarthy should have been off the Packers like three seasons before they fired him. Look, all I'm saying is if McCarthy, Brian Flores, uh, Jason Garrett, all guys who never – well, I guess Mike McCarthy doesn't fit that bill. So let's do this. Brian Flores, um, Brian, Brian Flores, Jason Garrett, uh, were all – Hugh Jackson even, were all guys who never won and somehow still had a job. Don't be shocked if Gase is still here as long as Darnold pops up. Yeah, but Flores was on a shit team. He's, you're talking about the Miami coach, dude. He's turning that team around, man. Yeah. He's got a good coach, sir. But here's the thing. You said it yourself. The Jets did go 6 of 8 in their last few games. No, yeah, and I, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm just too tough on him because, I mean, but you like you kind of see what's happened even in Miami. You got So he had Kenyon Drake and he had Ryan Tannehill during his tenure there, and both of them were hot garbage. And now Kenyon Drake looks like he's about to get paid by the Cardinals. They're already talking about a potential extension. And Tannehill just became the franchise quarterback for the Titans. Like, like. I still can't believe that even happened. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, like Mariota's not in Tennessee anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I don't know, man. I, I no, but you see my take. Like, like those are two guys that yeah. were bad under under Adam. Like bad, like really bad, and they left and got paid, and now they're stars for their respective teams. Tannehill is debatable, yeah. but Kenyon Drake was night and day. Like, I mean, look. Gase brings like a QB knowledge to him. And I think that's what keeps Hugh Jackson around in this league. 
It's what kept Jason Garrett around in this league. I think they value head coaches who know their QB stuff. And Adam Gase is this. And let's be dead honest. If Gase hadn't come out and said, this Le'Veon Bell signing is stupid, everybody would be fine. No, what he said at one point, which was I think was really stupid. I think he said, like, what did he say about his money? He's like, I'm making all this money. I don't give a fuck about what you think. Or he's like, I, yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck about my job or something like that. I just don't like the guy. So maybe that's why like, I really want him gone by December. And that's maybe my opinion is twisted by my perception of the guy's character. Maybe, you know, it could be that. I do think he got a huge bad rap when he called out that Le'Veon Bell yeah. signing. But, I mean, looking back at it now, hindsight is 50-50. It turns out he was right. Well, yeah, I think most people probably would assume that the Jets shouldn't have signed Bell. <laughs> like, I, I would have told you that last offseason. <laughs> I don't know. I think Gase has been with the team for, what, one season? One, one full, full season? season, yeah. I th- I think it's too soon to cut him after right. this. Te- this team knows they're in rebuild mode. They know they're not competing for a Super Bowl at this time. So I'm not shocked if Gay, Gay sticks around for at least one more season. Right. Well, I'm not going to agree with you on this, but that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when we come back, we're going to bring on reoccurring guests Stan and Kurt. And they're going to talk to us about their team. So make sure you guys stick around. All right. And welcome back. We now bring on friends of the show, Stan and Kurt. For some reason, they've decided to be Jets fans. I guess when you get dropped on your head enough as a kid, uh, you get brain damage. And that leads you to being a Jets fan. (laughs) So, guys, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. Doing pretty good. And I was tricked. I was tricked Doing great. younger becoming a yeah, Jets cr- fan, by the way. I went to one game where Rears got a 100-yard interception for a touchdown, and I all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. What about you, Stan? What's your what's your origin story? Um, I remember my origin. I mean, I, I've always liked, liked to watch football, but I guess when I really started to get into it a lot was the when the Jets made the – that run in the playoffs when they beat the the Colts and the Patriots and then losing at the end of the game to the Steelers, which was was very depressing. But that's when I first started to. Yeah. Real, I mean, it's been all there. downhill for both of you guys, I guess, but I understand how that goes too. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. First question, 2020 draft was pretty exciting for you guys. What were your favorite and least favorite picks? Mine's got a uh, crit. Yeah, you go. Yeah, You know, dude, I know our first round getting a like, offensive tackle was a good move. It's not a sexy pick, but Mims, I saw all of his highlights. Everyone kept thinking he was going to go first round. All these Eagle fans are pissed off they didn't get him. All these Viking fans really wanted him. So I guess there's a lot of potential to this guy. I'm a little nervous that he dropped so far in the second round. But I, I mean, I got to believe that all these experts say he's going to break out. And my least favorite's got to be, uh, what's his name, James Morgan, the quarterback we drafted for I don't get why we got him. When there's a lot of other uh, prospects out there, I'm pretty sure Fromm is still available. Yeah, those are good choices, Stan. You got anything different? Oh, uh, we just doing strictly yeah, just chess, man. For, for picks, or are we are we just doing? <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
I, I think, I mean, I, I like Mims a lot, but uh, I think just getting our left tackle of the future, Beckton, was just so huge for us that we needed it so badly. Since since we lost the Brickerstaff Ericsson into retirement, we just never recovered on the left tackle side. So I think we need to help that out a lot. And my least favorite pick was, I think it occurred about James Morgan. I don't even see anything really him panning out, honestly. I I think... There were definitely a couple more quarterbacks that we got Flacco on the board. But... It was really random. Now we have four quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if Flacco might beat out Sam Donald for the job, you never know, man. <laughs> uh, Luke, you got Not any takes on this? I really liked Makai Becton. He was actually my number one left tackle on the board. I really, really liked him. I, I, uh, I don't know why he wasn't the first left tackle taken. But I'm glad the Jets finally have somebody. His name's not as funny as DeBrickshaw Ferguson, but uh, he'll do okay. He'll do okay. And uh, Hmm. I don't know. You know, other than the Mims and Becton pick, the draft was a little unspectacular. Um, I'm not going to talk about their picks. I'm going to talk about the Flacco signing itself. It made no sense. You brought in Gore, now you bring in Flacco. I guess, you know, with all the COVID stuff going on, they want to move everybody out of the old age homes and into a, <laughs> a, like in a new subdivision or something. So I guess, like, hey, if, if, if the Meadowlands works, <laughs> Meadowlands work. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it either. I mean, I think, you know who I liked, and I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about him. I like Perrine a lot. Uh, Lameco Perrine, who you guys took, the running back man, I think he could have a serious role year one, man. What do you guys think of him? I mean, I hope he does. He's going to be sitting behind Bell for at least one year, which is good. I, I hate when they start running backs right in there. They kind of get nervous and then lose their touch. I know this guy apparently has a lot of fumbling problems. And, then you know, in the NFL, you're out real quick if you drop that ball too many times. As yeah, I know you are a Carson – you're a Seattle fan, so you know too much about that. Um, so, I hope he pans out. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick, so it's a pretty big investment. And uh, I – I really I saw his highlights. He looked pretty damn good. Well, yeah, that's the thing, and people don't realize that. Like fourth round pick for a running back these days, it's a that's a decent investment. I mean, like a lot of these guys go so late now at this point. And I think he's got a bright sure. future, but we don't want to spend too long on the twenty one uh, twenty twenty draft class. Um, so I just want to move right on along here. Um, let's talk about Sam Darnold. What's the outlook this season? Where do you guys feel about him, Stan? You want to start us off with in this one? Yeah, sure. I mean, I feel like I feel like Sam Stud Nold could have a pretty solid year this year, uh, especially because our, our GM Joe Douglas revamped our offensive line. He added a couple pieces on wide receiver. We were drafting Mims, Perriman, even Doxing. Even though I don't think Doxing's gonna be, I think he's pretty solid. But and then we still have Jameson Crowder. And if I believe if if Adam Gaze can actually run the ball and stay consistent with it. I think he can have a pretty solid year. As long as he doesn't get any diseases, I completely agree. <laughs> you want to expand on that at all? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dude, we had a positive record of him as our quarterback. That's saying something that horrible, horrible offense. I know we can say we were carried by a strong defense, but Darno yeah. did shine when he had no targets. Anua going out the first week of the season again. Crowder, definitely not a number one receiver, but he made him yeah. look like a solid number two out there. Uh, so I think yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm oh, gonna say that he's. Oh the my god! Oh man. Okay, I gotta stop you right there. Tua just got drafted yeah. into your division, 
and you have Josh Allen and Trevor Law and Trevor Lawrence is probably Josh Allen. Is. <laughs> so if you if you if you believe no this, way. I mean, hold on to this feeling for the whole season because I can promise you by next season, you're going to be saying that you were wrong and you're going to be apologizing to our podcast for bringing on <laughs> fake news. You know, I don't. I don't hate Sam Darnold, but don't tell me he's better than Josh Allen. I mean, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I am. I am. But I please expand. I want to hear your reasons if you're going to take a hot take like that. I mean, I can see. Well, he's already been in the league. It's going to be a third year in the league, and he's already showing how he's just a, a gunslinger. I feel like he can, with the flick of the wrist, he can make a lot of the throws. What? And he's he's very mobile. He, he's not as mobile as Josh Allen, but he's a he's a pretty mobile uh, quarterback. And I I guess Tua, he's 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 supposed to be a really good quarterback, but he, obviously he's been very injury prone. We don't know. He's never been in the league yet, so we got to okay. see him. Arnold is actually sorry to interrupt you, but he's also still one of the youngest quarterbacks there. He was the youngest quarterback going to the NFL ever, so he still has time to prove himself. Yeah, I, I I'm not like arguing with you guys on that. He, he has promised. His decision making has been questionable at times. Yeah. It's led to his high pick count compared to his touchdown ratio. I mean, he, in so in Josh a way, Allen, yes. But Josh Allen has also taken his team yeah. to the promised land and has also produced an a thousand yard receiver. I mean, you can go, eh, but yeah. like, I, I mean, hey, the Jets do really well picking defense, in the top I 10 like... every year. So, you know, good for that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, I mean, the Bills also have been, this is becoming a, thank God I'm not a Bills fan. Already, man. <laughs> uh, but like, you know what, you know what, I, um, I think Darnold has potential, high, high potential. It's the decision making that needs to get solidified yeah. better. And I also think that he could get better in the weight room. I think today's NFL's uh, uh, mm-hmm. today's NFL quarterback is an athlete. They're not just a thrower. I know Darnold can run the ball, yeah, for sure. but would I want him running the ball at this point if I'm Gaze? No. I would want Darnold sitting in the pocket, being no, a yeah. good boy, and taking his licks when they come. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> You had Manning's got two Super Bowls, and he's. I think I'm more athletic than Eli Manning. Oh, I'm not. I'm not like doubting that man. I think my eight pound dog Pipsqueak is more athletic than Eli Manning. But that's not the point. I think. I think Eli Manning is the last yeah. of the pure pocket passers, and I think that's why guys like you don't see guys like Jake Fromm going in the like going high rounds mm-hmm. anymore or even like Will Greer. These guys aren't guys that are going to run your yeah. run the ball a lot and so it's starting to be phased out and so their stock is diving. So I think Darnold needs to become more athletic in order for him to take a step as one of the better QBs. And I uh, will say one last thing about Darnold. I mean now that we have a new GM and he revamped our offense, I think we'll see how he does now, but in the yeah. past he I had, think that's he, fair. He's never really had nothing to line. I, I think that's back. fair. You're talking about a new GM, so I guess that's a perfect transition for our next question. And Kurt can lead us off on this one. I don't know how he feels yeah. about the guy, but does Adam Gase have to go, or what? Where where are you at with this guy? I never liked the signing to begin with, but I have to give him another chance. I mean, last year I have to. He sucked. He just didn't like his uh, way of using Bell. 
and he just some of these plays he ran made no sense at mm-hmm. all. I you have to give him I have to give him an excuse. He really did get screwed with uh, Sam Darnold getting out. They're only two games away from a playoff spot, and he was out five. Arnold. We should have won week one against the Bills. Yeah, but too. you didn't. You know. <laughs> but we didn't. I can say about every game for the Jets. I mean, <clears throat> our record doesn't reflect how good we are because when we lost those uh, nine games, we lost. We didn't have a close game. It was all blowouts. No, it was, but it was I'm just bad. hoping this year he has no more excuses. I don't want to hear I didn't have my guys. Sam Darnold was out. Oh, coronavirus. Uh, no, like you, it's proven or not. It's either you get us looking like we're a real good team in the next three years. Or you're out of here. Stan? Um, yeah, I mean, I was never really a fan of the Gaze hiring at all in the first place. But um, I'm obviously going to root for him to do well because he's I, he's our coach. And I don't want to obviously root for him to lose so that we can fire him. So, I mean, I'm hoping he does a great job this year with a new GM. And a, the, it's, that, it's funny you say that because we'll I'll let that, Luke touch this afterwards because I know he's steaming up like a fucking pot of clams right now. Um, but <laughs> I actually am rooting that you guys do good, do bad this year so that he gets fired. That's my actual logic behind it is because I think Darnold will be better without him. So I want you guys to suck this year. I mean, me and Kyle got yeah. into this earlier. I... It's not that I like gays. Like, that's not what it is. What it is is that in the NFL, head coaches are valued higher if they're QB whispers. It was proven with Jason Garrett. It was proven with Hugh Jackson. It was proven with, uh, and I can't, you know, I've, uh, my brain's going dead. But there are other examples. And, um, and so, like, my whole perspective is, like, Adam Gase is known as a QB whisperer. You have a young QB in Darnold who hopefully will play a full season this year. It doesn't make sense if Darnold were to pop mm-hmm. off to fire the guy who got him there. I'm not saying Gase will be the only reason because no, yeah, Darnold has a tight spiral. But I do think that if he pops off for 4,000 yards, you're not turning around and firing the guy who, that got him there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. I don't know if this is a sensitive topic to you guys. I sent these over before, so I know you guys were scared of this question probably, but we got to talk about it. Jamal Adams, what the fuck are you guys doing? All right, I can hit this first. So, right now, I, I was again, I'm just as mad as you. I just got scared. <laughs> think about this right now. Patrick Mahomes hasn't gotten paid yet. A lot of these guys, Watson hasn't gotten paid. His four, I think McCaffrey is the only one from that draft who's gotten paid so far. And I think with all this coronavirus right now, people are, I think a lot of people are hesitant giving these contracts. These managers don't want to make give out these big contracts. But they want they want to make sure there's a full season guaranteed so they don't have all this uh, crap going on. I think that's what I've been told, looking at all these reports, saying that's why all these things aren't going on. I don't think a trade's happening. It would have happened if it – like this draft, why would you do it now? I think it makes no sense because Gates would be get Douglas to want to yeah. win now, and Jamal, you need him. If you trade, get rid of him. The fans are going to want you gone yesterday. <laughs> so, like, no sense. I, I he's going to stay. He just has to relax. You know, just stay off. You know, don't get mad, and don't get mad if someone talk. If we, Douglas answer the phone call about a trade. I mean, it's his job to do that. Yes, Dad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I love the guy. He's easily our best player on the team. Um, I just think 
I mean, in, in this, the Jets have all the Jets have all the leverage in the situation right now. I think they should just they don't have to sign him right now, but they have to they have to do it. I think before the season because he's it's possible that he's he's gonna he, he might hold out. We'll see though. But I love the guy a lot, and I hope he's he's a Jet for his career because he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I like Jamal Adams. It'd be nice to see guys finish their careers where they started them. But rumors are circulating. I know the Cowboys mm-hmm. are interested. I've heard rumors the Seahawks are interested in bringing him in. I've heard rumors that the Eagles are interested in bringing him in. I think at this point, it's the clock ticking. Jamal Adams has said, I don't want to be here. It's a whole Nagakwe situation with Jamal Adams. Uh, it's you blame the organization first. They burnt the bridge. And now Jamal Adams is just saying, hey, you did this. You're going to live with it regardless if I'm on this team or not. And, hey, you know what? I think Jamal Adams is a class act. Besides giving the Patriots mascot a concussion in the Pro Bowl, <laughs> um, you know, the guy is a class act. So it would be nice <laughs> to see him finish, but I don't think it re- realistically happens. I think everyone's interested in him, though. Like, everyone, everyone keeps saying, oh, this team's interested. And who would not want him on your team? He's the best strong safety in the league, hands down, in my opinion. Being biased is <laughs> still fact. He, I mean, everyone's going to want him, of course. But it makes no sense, to, like I said, to trade him for a first round. And the power, it's like what Stan said, the power's not really in Jamal's hands. He could set out, but what good would that do him? You know, I don't, I don't mean he's not – He's not a like safety is not the most important position in football, and they're going to make him the highest paid safety. The team said this; they just don't want to do it right now because there's they have a very small cap room. They still maybe they want to sign Clowney or some other free agent they're interested in. So he just has to be patient. He's going to get paid, and I do believe he's going to be a Jet for a couple more years, and not maybe not his whole career when he wants another one. But I think he'll get this. I think that's a fair point, and it's interesting because they have all these meetings every year, and if. All these players want to get paid early and stuff. Why doesn't why don't they have a conversation about decreasing the amount of years on rookie deals? Like like that that's the real elephant in the room. Like all these guys want to hold out and get paid early. Just put the number down to 3. Like you know what I mean? Make them 3-year deals with a 4th-year option. Then then Jamal would literally be entering free agency or he'd be on his 4th-year option where he would get more money anyways. Like you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't you wouldn't be in this situation right now. I mean, that's a whole nother yeah. like I don't want to open that can of worms because obviously that's a huge conversation to have right now, but we'll just move on real quick here. Uh I know Luke is a big fan of Herndon, um, your tight end. And we've talked about Griffin. I think with both of you guys in the past, but what do you guys make of this tight end room? Who the hell are you taking in the draft? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's still Herndon. If, if he can stay off the, if he can stay on the field with, with every, with, PED or not PED, <laughs> any type of drug related thing or just weed or anything, even not getting hurt. I think he's this guy is so athletic. He's a beast. He's still very young. I think, and I mean, even when he, him and him and Darnold had a very good connection the first year before last year. And then even though he was out the most of the year, whole year pretty much the past year, him and Griffin had a good come. But I think it's still Herndon. In, in the yeah, end, you know I feel the same way, guys. When I was talking about tight ends, uh, Herdin's definitely my guy for the future, and it, ma- it makes no sense to pick honestly pick Griffin at all in the draft. I, I if once Herdin's back, I'm sure he's going to get a bulk of the snaps, and Griffin would just be a guy you might get a touchdown in the end zone, something you can't rely on in fantasy at all. 
well hurting his depth, the future of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how I view it in a simple term is you're at the bar and you see two two honeys looking at you and your buddy, okay? Herndon is the super attractive one, solid 8 out of 10. And Griffin is the ugly friend, but has, you know, a, a, is a butterface, you know? And so you decide, I'm going to go for Herndon, and you, your buddy takes the one for the team, goes for the butterface. That's what this whole situation is. I'm going for the dime whenever I get the opportunity to, and I think Herndon is the guy going for this team. There's no, there's no uh, facade with this guy. He is a solid 500 to 600 yard guy. Yeah, I will see. But is Herndon the type of guy you bring home to your parents with his decision making? Like, you want that in your household, Stan and Kurt? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? I I, I would because I feel like Stan's like blushing about him, bro. He's like he's just so athletic. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's the only problem. We all go through the phases. Yeah, you know what? I hope the best for him because I you know I hate to see these guys struggle honestly at the end of the day. And this is I'll let Luke ask this next question because he fucking loves this kid. Um, but you know I know he's we're both kind of split on him right now. Yeah. So I mean, last year the 2019 draft there were some huge there were some huge guys taken and some busts taken. If you could go and redraft and redraft your first round pick last year, would you still take Quinn Williams third overall? Or are you taking a different player, perhaps an edge rusher instead? Yeah, I always wanted Josh Allen. I mean, we never had an edge rusher since I've been a Jets fan. We had Wilkerson, but you see how I panned out. I mean, I, I wanted them to get Josh Allen. I wasn't mad about Quinn Williams. Was, everyone hyped him up. And it's unfortunate he got hurt, but – when he came in, he I he didn't look that great. He looked like he can clog a hole, but he kept falling at the quarterback's legs. I I know there's a lot of stuff he can he can grow on, but when you're a third overall pick, you should be an immediate mm-hmm. impact player, a good run blocker. I like to see him get a little more quarterback pressure. He only got one sack. I, I know defensive tackles aren't meant for that, but for what he he was like put out to be, I expected a little more. I'm not giving up on him by any means at all. I, if I can redraft, I would take Josh Allen, obviously, because he turned out to be an absolute steal for the Jaguars. I will. Uh, I mean, it's. I know he he should be he should be doing more on the field, but he's he was only a rookie. I mean, he was hurt a little bit, and he they there's really no help. He didn't really have much help uh, on the Jets defensive line. He was probably their best. D lineman overall, and I think just give him more time. He's now at second in the league. He got he's getting bigger, stronger. He's learning more. I think this. I think this. Jamal I think I would keep the, the way. pick. Jamal with Williams. Well, that's what I was about to. I was about to say. I mean, like you're talking about the line not being that huh. good. Did you guys even add anybody? I mean, yeah. We got some guy out actually. I forgot his name, but no, uh, I really don't know much about the guy. Apparently, he didn't. One of those big schools and, no, that's what I'm saying. So we'll you didn't see. take anybody huge to fix up that line. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, Luke. I'll let you touch this one first because you're a big fan of the guy. Yeah, I like Quinn Williams a lot. I think fantasy-wise, it all depends on what um, 
on what website you're using. On some websites, he's listed as a D-end. On some websites, he's listed as a D-tackle. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole if he's listed as a D-end, but I would take him if he's listed as a D-tackle. Um, but my question no more so, I would uh, ask you to, and Kyle, don't answer because I know what you're, what you're going to say, is if you could go back in between Ed Oliver and Quinn Williams, take one of them, which one are you going to take? Hmm. I'm going to still go with Quinn. Hmm. I know Oliver looked like the better player. And actually, I'm still looking at this right now. Oliver's definitely getting a suspension this year. He is definitely, without getting a four-game suspension or more probably. Well, Quinn probably won't get suspension for his because his was a dumb mistake. They were both dumb mistakes. So, right? I, and I think <laughs> they're really dumb. The one was illegal gun and one bringing the gun on the airport. Yeah. Both pretty bad. But, I mean, Oliver definitely made an impact on his team. Stan did say it. When you have better players, you play better. He was definitely playing up a great team around him. You know, cornerbacks that uh, forced the quarterback to stay in the pocket more. So he had time to get that pressure on. And the teams that, you know, he gets more tackles because teams are forced to run against that team because you don't want to throw against White. And, you know, he's, Will Williams still has that big ceiling because everyone said it's going to take some time. He's going to develop into that player. So I, I can't just – I got to see this through. I really want to see what he um, – because – if I change my mind and get Oliver, what if Quinlan Williams yeah. becomes this amazing player that we missed out on? Yeah, I mean, like even before the even la- even before last year's draft, he was rated as probably one of the best players in the draft. Uh, and and I th- I'm still sticking with Quinlan Williams because of his because he's a D tackle and. Uh, he could, he could definitely, he could definitely yeah, I don't, I don't hate the pick, but I'm taking it all over every single time, obviously. And that's, I mean, you could say that's biased for me being a Bills fan, but I just think he's the better talent. I think Quentin Williams is a big chunky boy, but unless he literally is getting way bigger, like I didn't, like Oliver is built like a tank, like he's muscle. Like Williams just looked fat to me. Like, and that's nothing against the guy. Don't get me wrong, but there's a big difference. I know we're getting towards the end of this here, so I just want to keep moving along because um, we want to try to get these last two in. Um, so I have you guys going five and eleven. I'm sorry, and Luke has you guys going three and thirteen. Uh, your schedule is, I know, right? Uh, your your schedule is rough, though, guys. Um, Jesus, Luke. What 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 do you guys think, man? Um, I I think people under oh, my bag. Um, I think people uh, under me. I'll let you go first, Kurt. Because a lot of teams are reversing are still inexperienced teams. Like they haven't proven themselves still. Like Arizona, they made some great moves, but they're still one of those teams you can't say they're elite yet. The Rams are looking like they're going downhill. We could easily beat Miami twice, and and who knows if the Patriots' offense. We actually have you There's both beating the Cardinals. So, but continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm sure Seattle, you have no idea. Seattle can mm-hmm. mess up some games. Hopefully, that's the one against the Jets, but I won't put my money on it. <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> Continue, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think our record, I, I would probably say we're probably exactly where we're going to be next, like last year. I mean, probably 6 and 10 will be, or 6 and 11. Or, sorry, 6 and 10 next year will be 6 and 11. So that would be my guess for us. I mean, I'm hopeful for. Eight and eight, honestly, if eight and eight, and we're, I just want to be competitive. That's all I'm looking for. If the Jets, if these shows competitiveness in these games, where we're losing by a touchdown or a field goal, and I see Donald truly improve into the quarterback that we think he can be, then I'll be happy. I don't expect the playoff run or Super Bowl run. I just want to see this team make the next step and me be excited for the next season instead of 
Uh, all right, let's start from scratch. Stan? Yeah, I mean, I mean the division, it, the first division. Thank God, the Patriots. I mean, Patriots can, can still be a decent team, but it's all it's going to be all about quarterback play for them. Um, the Bills, obviously, are, are a great team. They are, are going to be a good team this year. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be like a, a top playoff team. But I think we can we can be competitive. We can probably go at least Ooh. eight and eight. Maybe Luke? nine and seven. I don't know. That's. I think our. I mean, I, we would do have a tough schedule, but I mean, I mean, I, 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 I think if you're going to be a fan of a team, you have to be high on them. So you know, that's all I. That's all I'm going to say is keep smoking <laughs> what you're smoking. And, uh, hey guys, I know we're on. like right close to the end, but I want to rush this question in. I know we're not going to see eye to eye with the season outlook, especially with the rivalry between us. Uh, but if you guys can just rattle off your favorite Jets of all time, like a Mount Rushmore, four guys. We only got like two minutes. <laughs> Darrell Revis, don't <laughs> break. <Brittle. laughs> all right. And, oh, wait, shit. I missed your third one. Oh, hold on. It was, it was, wait, start over. Let's hear it again. All right. I said Darrell Revis, yeah. Joe Namath, um, Brandon Marshall, <laughs> and. What? Wait, what? That's the one we missed? <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, said go. Come on, Curry. You gotta go. You gotta go back in the back in the past. More with, with all right. I got obvious the, the two obvious ones: Joe Namath and Curtis Martin. And then the next two. Yeah, I don't hate that list. Know, Kurt, uh, Luke, did you end up putting one together? Yeah, I did. So I'll just rattle it off really quick. Joe Namath, obviously, because he won them a uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Darrell Revis because he's one of the best corners to ever play the game. Nick Mangold because he's arguably one of the best offensive linemen to play mm-hmm. the game. And Wayne Corbett, oh, I yeah. can't believe you guys let him off, left him off your list. No, I'm putting Wayne put Corbett. Over no, Curtis Martin. Martin on mine. And Joe Namath, of course, Broadway Joe was a legend. And um, would it be crazy and disrespectful if I put Mark Sanchez on there just because he was such a legend for you guys? Because yep. <laughs> like, I, I want to put it. And then Darrell Revis, but that would be my four. <laughs> Hey, if you Google all-time Jets players, Mark Sanchez shows up. Uh Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that's going to do us up for time, guys. Thanks for coming on. Seriously. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, thanks guys, for coming on. And make sure you stick around. All right. Thanks for Stan and Kurt for coming episode we really appreciate having them on it's always fun to pick a fight with somebody who uh, is way too high on their team i am sure i will catch flack from them in my dms you already are my man happened and there we go (laughs) yeah i mean yeah they're going off already in the in our chat but you know it's it's funny because when stan mentioned nine and seven i was just like all right there's delusional and then there's psychotic i mean i know the guest audio for that one wasn't amazing kurt sounded like he was a million miles away from his phone for some reason but you know we got to bring these guys on i get it they don't have mics like us and we want to bring these guys on because it's i love i love having the fans on we're having so much fun with these team breakdowns 
Yeah, it's been a good time. And, uh, you know, the whole time that he was talking about his Jets being so good, you're just thinking the whole time going, Stan! <laughs> Randy Marsh in the wheelchair in South Park. Stan! Stan! Yeah, too funny. On a serious note, guys, before we wrap up here, um, uh, we don't really care about your political views. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it doesn't make a difference to me what you think. Just whatever you do in life, just be safe. COVID-19 still going on. There's so much in the world wrong right now. Just no matter what you do, Please be safe. We love you all. Exactly, guys. And uh, thank you for giving us your time today. If you're not already following us on social media, make sure you follow us at Dynasty Kings Pod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can keep up with all of our all of our takes and you can keep up with every new episode. And uh, we really appreciate you guys coming on or, or listening. And we appreciate Kurt and Stan coming on. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a good night, guys. Peace.